We turn our attention to ChatGPT, several Canadian universities crafting policies on this popular artificial intelligence tool that is raising plagiarism concerns in the education centre to the point where it's already been banned in public schools in New York and L.A. And uh, in Paris, uh, the University of Sciences Po uh, has already banned the use of ChatGPT. So what are Canadian universities up to? We're delighted to welcome Bob Mann from Dalhousie University in Halifax. Mr. Mann is the manager of discipline and appeals at Dell. He's uh, in our time zone in Fort St. John, B.C. today to talk about Jet GPT. Bob Mann, good morning and welcome, sir. Sterling, how are you? Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you with us, Bob. This is something... Uh, now, how long have you, as a as an administrator, at, particularly in the position that you enjoy of manager discipline appeals, how long have you been aware of this, this technology, Bob, and had an opportunity to sort of square yourself to at least deal with the onset? Well, we've had academics in our institution who've, you know, had a very keen interest in in this kind of technology, and they've been tracking it for a while. Um, certainly, people who work in uh, computer science, in particular, have been very keen on seeing the evolution of these these tools. So they've been aware of it for a while, but it, it really wasn't until the fall last year that that a couple of people popped up and said, you know. This thing is evolving to the point where it can, um, and the thing that was immediately pointed out was it can it can write emails mm-hmm. based on very simple prompts, prompts and communications, and and it, it seems to be somewhat, you know, but for a few little errors and mistakes and factual things that can be corrected, uh, it 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 seems to do a pretty decent job of uh, of drafting these things in a way that that I think someone paying only a little bit of attention wouldn't be able to detect. So now, obviously, there will be some kind of detection programming uh, underway, and I imagine there's already some software that is developed to deal with chat GPT presence. What do you know about that? What, what can you tell us about that? Well, that's still emerging, too. I mean, like a number of other services that you know are prone to being misused, chat GPT has, has come out and said you know, that they're developing detection tools so that you know if you have a, a, a piece of piece of work or a piece of writing that you think has been generated by AI uh, you can feed it into this program and it will it will identify some markers and, and tell you right uh, that has that has some limited application of course there's nothing to stop a person I'm not, not trying to give anybody ideas here but <laughs> as, as as with any way in which a person might um, try to gain an unfair advantage in an academic exercise like let's say asking your uncle, uh, to write a paper for you, uh, you can take that piece of work and change it and modify it and paraphrase some things and make it somewhat undetectable. So there are some limits to what uh, software like that can do. And there, there is already, uh, you know, detection software that you could feed a piece of work in that can tell you if portions of it have come uh, from the internet or from other sources that are in its database. So it's not really a new thing, but uh, uh, it is something new with this kind of technology. How prevalent is it on campus already, Bob? I know lots of students are dipping a toe in the pool, taking a run at this thing. What are you able to do to discern already? Well, I can't speak for uh, any institution other than the one that I work for, but I will say that we're still in the very early days of, of this use at uh, Dalhousie, I, I will be quite honest. Um, I have an eye on virtually every case that that comes through, whether they're handled at the faculty level or whether they rise 
to the seriousness of, of the level where my discipline committee engages with it. But I will say we haven't seen a case yet. Mm, we've not yet had a, we've not we've, we've not yet had a case where an instructor has come forward and said, I think that I have a piece of work here that has been generated by artificial intelligence. And uh, I'm personally I'm not I'm not overly surprised by that um, uh, as, as we're still sort of getting our heads around. Well, what, what would this even look like and what what form would it take as canadian schools post-secondary schools are trying to develop some policies around chat gpt bob are you in constant conversation with your peers across the country in order to at least develop common policies well we have uh, now that's a very interesting question and uh, it's one that i've been asked a number of times okay we we don't at the moment, and again, I can only speak for Dalhousie. And for to answer your question, Sterling, yes, I've been in contact with um, a, a lot of my colleagues, and there have been some common resources generated. At the moment, uh, we have a policy, as do most universities, that says in order to meaningfully evaluate the work of a student, we require that work to be the student's own. Sure. So, t- to a certain extent, we don't need any new policies to deal specifically with ChatGPT. For quite some time now, we've had, uh, for quite a number of years now, we've had internet usage. I remember being an undergraduate student uh, when you could not avail yourself of the internet mm-hmm. um, to do research. You had to turn to books. I remember when the internet came along and some faculty members said, I don't want you to use the internet because you can't trust those sources. They're not true academic sources. It's got to come from a print journal or a book. That seems quaint and kind of silly now. Yes, it does. Um, to suggest that. So, you know, we our, our policies are quite clear and state that if a student turns in work that is that can be demonstrated to not be their own, there are there are, are, are systems and processes in place to deal with that. That hasn't changed. What I'm more interested in is what goes on at the uh, program level and even the class level or the course level, because to a certain extent, it doesn't make sense for an entire institution to say, look, we've got a faculty of medicine, we've got a faculty of law, faculty of science, faculty of computer science. We're going to create a blanket policy that applies to everyone, no matter what the context is, that says how you can and can't use this. That sort of doesn't make any sense when you consider the use that one might make of ChatGPT. And I, when I say use, I mean the beneficial use sure. in a particular course. If it's a computer coding course, a writing course, uh, a, a science or a STEM course, this is a tool that has some possibilities and opportunities for learning that weren't offered before. So the, the conversations that I'm interested in generating at Dalhousie, at least, and I'm hearing this from other colleagues, is to say, Let's first make sure that we understand what this thing does, what it can and can't do. And believe me, there's a lot that it can't do. And I want to emphasize that. And let's talk about uh, different applications. There may be some courses where a a faculty member would be quite uh, appropriate and right in saying, look, you've got to sit down and write this yourself. Sure. Um, To say nothing of the evaluation uh, value of it. We want you to actually understand and learn how to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. You have to be able. You have to be able to do it. You've paid lots of tuition. There is no benefit to you personally. It would be like if someone created an artificial intelligence program that could lift weights for you at the gym. 
Interesting what, stuff. What, what, what purpose would that be? Exactly. A bit of a policy minefield, Bob. I appreciate your taking a few moments out of your trip to BC to, to uh, share the the quandary that you and your peer group are dealing with. This is not as, as straightforward as perhaps it seems on the surface of things. Thanks very much for this. I would welcome the opportunity to continue our conversation down the road a little bit, too. I'd be, I'd be more than happy to do that with you, Sterling. Thanks so much for having me.